Hi, this is Daniel Hoyos, co-founder of Truth Local. And if you want to create an impactful kingdom business, you need to be listening to the Eternal Entrepreneur podcast with my good friends, Joe Newton and Pierce Brantley. The Eternal Entrepreneur gives you the stories and strategies to gain freedom as a Christian business leader. You'll hear from real entrepreneurs who have learned how to partner with God, from making millions to filing bankruptcy. These are honest stories to help you hear God's voice and build a lasting legacy through business. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us for episode 10 of the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast. I am Pierce Brantley and along with my co-host, Joe Newton, and we could not be more excited to share with you our conversation today with Daniel Oyos. Daniel is a veteran in the advertising technology space and a co-founder of Truth Local. Truth Local brings big agency value and end-to-end marketing to small businesses He also leads the evangelism ministry at Create Church, a church body which helps people find and fulfill their created purpose in Christ. Before we jump into the interview today, we want to ask if you'd help us out by leaving us a five-star review and sharing the podcast with a friend. And also, if you'd like to stay in touch and get a free copy of the first chapter of my book, Calling, How to Partner with God with Any Business, with Any Boss at Any Place in Life, then click on the link in the show notes to sign up for our weekly email or visit piercebrantley.co slash podcast. Now on to the interview. Daniel, it is so good to have you here. Welcome to the Eternal Entrepreneur. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm glad we were able to finally work out our timing and get you here. As we heard in the intro, you're starting a business right now. You've been within the marketing sector for a while. But before we get into your current business acumen, we like to give a little context for our our audience. Can you take us back, even back when you were growing up as a kid, were you one of those who always started off wanting to be in business or is this, what would, what did the journey look like for you and God partnering together in business? Oh man, I had a wild imagination and, um, I was kind of like a dreamer, visionary. I had all these visions and dreams about just doing great exploits. And this was before I even knew the Lord. But I always knew I didn't want to do the same thing over and over again. And I knew I wanted to like build things. And so that's where the Lord eventually had me with uh, the entrepreneurial side of me. Can you give us a little more detail? So growing up, what were some of those visions that you had? Well, growing up, I kind of grew up in sort of in New York City. And uh, it was kind of the the city that never sleeps, right? It's uh, all about the American dream. My parents were immigrants from Colombia, from South America. And so kind of instilling values to get our education and and work hard and, and succeed. And so I always envisioned wanting to do something, wanting to build something. What business, what idea? I never really had that clarity because to be honest, my relationship was with God just wasn't there. You know, yeah. I grew up kind of thinking that God was just somewhere out there, but I didn't know that I could have a personal relationship with him until I was about 33 years old. And that's where everything's just completely changed. Yeah. So what happened at 33 that, that changed that? Oh man. Well, this was in my twenties and in my high school years, I spent a whole lot of time just kind of chasing the wrong things. Growing up in the 90s in New York City, where hip hop was all the rage, and even coming from before that, from 90 to 94, I lived in Colombia and South America. And there's kind of like this culture of just sexism, right? And so that played a huge part in terms of how I grew up and and viewed the opposite sex and and it actually created sort of like a, a stronghold in my life. And then going into New York City in the early 90s where hip hop was all the rage and you were seeing these videos on MTV where and all the rappers were kind of just treating women in a certain way, but also chasing after money, chasing after the party scene. This was sort of like the dreamland, the wonderland that I was chasing because of uh, sort of the influences that I had all around me. 
And when I was 33, this was right after I got married and was settled. But still, my mindset and how I had been discipled throughout my whole life was to taste after this Disneyland, this promise of sexual pleasure, monetary gain, all of these items in the world that would make me happy and satisfy me. I had a great job. I was making over $100,000 a year. I had a great woman who was, after we got married, she actually ended up getting depressed. And I realized that everything that I was looking forward to in this marriage was not satisfying. I wasn't complete. And um, so we're like, well, what do we do? She grew up in a Christian background and she recommended that we visit a church. And um, a couple weeks into it, into going to this church, it was just amazing, just the community. And I met, sat down with the pastor and he asked me if I had ever received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I told him, I was like, well, you know, I did my first communion, my baptism, all the things that I've done. But I knew in that moment I hadn't received Jesus as my Lord. And uh, well, he asked me if I wanted to. And I realized in that moment that my world just wasn't working out. All of my dreams, all everything that I was trying to achieve and build was just creating more insecurity, more depression, more just darkness in my life. And so I decided, you know what? <laughs> Jesus is kind of like my only option at this point. And I, I decided to make him the Lord of my life that moment. I wasn't exactly sure if he was God, but I said, I'm going to put my faith and my trust in him. And when I did, he revealed himself to me. Guys, he showed me. Just I started seeing like actual visions, man. And, and then I was like, well, what do I do now? He said, go and get in the Bible. I went home. I picked up a Bible that I had, not even from religion. It was from a literature class. Because I was growing up in such a secular culture in, in New York City, and I pick up, I open to the book of John, and right there, I had seen a light, and right there, it said, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not overcome. Come on. And I knew in that moment that God was speaking to me. The God of all creation, the God of the universe, the God that I thought was so far away was speaking to me here on this earth, tiny old little me in my two bedroom apartment in Queens, New York City, in Sunnyside, where they filmed Spider-Man, by the way, in this little apartment, God spoke to me through a vision and then through the word. And later I found out that the word of God is alive. It's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, right? All these things that I had no idea about because I didn't grow up in the Bible Belt, or, you know, I didn't grow up reading the Bible. My parents actually had this belief system that if you read the Bible, you'd go crazy, which is completely twisted. Yeah. And, um, which I am a little crazy sometimes, but crazy for Jesus. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was kind of like the story of how I, I met the Lord. And obviously from then on, my priorities just changed. So Daniel, I'm curious. So that's a pretty significant shift. I mean, that's that's an incredible kind of talk about light and darkness. I mean, your life has shifted significantly from that point on. Do you find as you started to kind of grow in this entrepreneurial spirit and, and find yourself kind of going out on your own on and new things? What was that like in relationship with God? What, what did that feel like? What was that? Was that a stumbling process or a discovery kind of thing? What, what did that look like in its early stages? To be honest, I had an identity crisis around that stage in my, in my early career. And um, a big part of it, I think, was pride. I felt I had like this fear of success, man. I felt like I wasn't worthy of success, of mm. building something. It was like a fear over me that I felt like, you know what? If I try to build something for my own kingdom, my own selfishness, I don't think... It, I had a misguided, a miscued understanding of the business realm in my early Christian walk. And so around that time, I decided, you know what? Well, I'm going to do something that's of nonprofit nature because I don't want to build my own kingdom anymore. I want to do something that is for other people. And so my first venture actually wasn't a for-profit business. It was a nonprofit organization. And in terms of success, it 
doesn't necessarily have the the most growth as it relates to uh, financing, but there's there's some other really cool things that have come out of this organization. It was called Play Soccer to Give, but now it's called FC Give. And I actually didn't, I, have, I don't think you guys know about this organization. It still exists. We have a director that helps manage it in New York City. And we put a kid through school, through college in Colombia and South America. And now he's He's leading a soccer team out there in a very under-resourced, underprivileged neighborhood, and um, and we have this guy that's his name is Caleb, awesome, awesome guy who just loves soccer, loves people. He's worked with homeless uh, and homeless World Cup and an organization that actually helps homeless people escape homelessness wow. through soccer, which is a wow. uh, pretty pretty cool. And he's been leading it and the guy just loves it. And I've been kind of behind on behind the scenes doing a lot of the admin stuff and also working with this guy in Colombia. That's so cool. You know, I, I thought you hit on something really interesting because I think a lot of people feel that way. And it's that oftentimes we can kind of have a conflict of interest internally, whether it's real or not, where it's kind of this, well, am I actually, if I'm going to be a good Christian, should I actually even pursue this business or even any kind of venture, nonprofit or otherwise? Because maybe, maybe the definition of success for a Christian would be not to pursue anything and then kind of float through ministry, essentially. But what I like about your story so much is that you kind of, it sounds like you've overcome that, that initial kind of pride and, and that initial kind of trying to figure out what that looked like and realize that there really is kind of room for partnership and that God does actually like focus, whatever it looks like, and that success is just an outcome of pursuing a definition of what you want to do with the Lord. It doesn't necessarily have to say LLC or 501. Like it doesn't, it's what you're looking for and what that looks like in partnership with God. That's exactly right. And uh, I just want to tell you guys, one of the great things about Create Church, and I really feel like the Lord has put me there underneath the guidance of Pastor Ryan Binkley, which I don't know if you, how familiar you guys are with, with the ministry, but Ryan Binkley is a, he's a CEO, okay, of a, of a, of a company that does mergers and acquisitions. And, but he's also the pastor of this church, right? And the way that he views the kingdom of God is that the church building and his office building is like, in his eyes, the same thing. And this was all because of a revelation he received from the Lord, where he, God showed him how he viewed businesses in heaven. And, um, and it's the same thing. I mean, God loves business because of what it produces. It creates jobs, it feeds families, it creates opportunities and economies. And, um, and you can use it if it's, if it's rooted in kingdom principles, you can use it for so much good. And so his uh, create church is actually across the street from his business, <laughs> from the business building. And that was completely a God thing. The Lord came through and gave us this piece of prime real estate for the church building in Richardson that has been untouched for hundreds of years. And then across the street, there's one of 14 locations that they scouted to move their business location. And uh, Ryan actually said, hey, don't, I don't want you to select this location over the other ones because it's closer to the church. I want you to actually select the best location for the business that's going to work out for the business. And out of all the 14 locations, the one that made the most business sense was across the street on 75 and Renner from Create Church. Wow. How about that? God, that's good, man. He's doing it. That's awesome. So yeah. bring us back to, to your journey as far as bringing God into the workplace for you. Can you take us on that journey now that you've started the nonprofit? Like, What, what did that partnership look like? Wow. I mean, it, it, it has been a struggle. In the beginning of my Christian journey, I my faith was very compartmentalized in the sense that I had my nine to five and then I kind of did my thing and then would go to church on Sundays and maybe small group every now and then, right? And um, 
the Lord really worked on my heart over the years to show me that he wants, he doesn't just want my Sundays and my Wednesday evenings. He wants all of it. And it was a really challenging journey for me because of the fact that I grew up in, uh, I mean, my career in New York City in the advertising media space, there's not that many Christians. And so I was kind of like leaning actually on the few Christians that were in my companies, right? The companies that I worked at. And for, you know, we tried to do little small groups and everything. And one after the other, they would leave the company. And I'm like, God, like, what are you doing? I'm trying to advance your kingdom. But obviously he had a different idea about how to actually approach that. So over the years, it really has been growing in my intimacy with the Lord and my relationship with God, and then asking him on tips on how to actually implement this walk into my day-to-day life, into my career. Mm. And it's easier said than done. So when I, when I started here in Dallas, I start, you know, the Lord just kind of set a fire on me to, to not just do the Sunday and Wednesday thing, but to go all out for him to go and share my faith and pray for people. And this is where the evangelism switch went off on me about five years ago and um, completely wrecked me, realizing that, hey, I'm doing all the Christian things, but Jesus really did say, go and make disciples. He said, go and preach the gospel to some people. No, to every creature, right? And uh, he said, go lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said that this, these signs shall follow those that believe. And um, so I really started to press into this reality, what it says in the Bible, the truth of what Jesus said. And for a while, it wasn't happening in my life, but then God started moving. People started getting well when I would lay my hands on them. People started having encounters with the living God as I would preach the gospel, and Jesus would meet them in that moment. And um, so I got really excited about this reality that I had the ability to bring Jesus to people and for people to actually have amazing encounters with a living God just by me stepping out of my faith. And so I'm like, all right, well, let's do it in the workplace. (laughs) (laughs) That takes so much boldness, man. I, I think that's one of those things that people struggle with all the time is, all right, I've got, I got my Sunday life and then I got my, my Monday life. And they're segregated a little bit. And it's a challenge because then there's this kind of pressure of like, well, I should, I should witness to somebody. I should minister. But then am I going to get called into HR? Am I going to get a slap on the wrist? Like there's the conflict. And part of that's because we've, we've separated mentally the two things. But you've said, you pressed into that, said, you know what? If, if the word is the word and, and truth is truth, then I'm, I'm going to go find fruit where I can find it. I'm going to find some good outcomes where I can find it. What, I mean, was there a, a struggle to overcome there or did you just kind of bet on yourself and bet on the word and, and just kind of assume that good things were going to happen? Was there any kind of conflict? Tell me a little bit about kind of the mind of Daniel as, as, as you went through that. And maybe even a story would be cool. Oh yeah, that definitely a lot of conflict. And what you were mentioning Pierce about HR and all that, that's the reality, Right. Thankfully, the company that I worked at does, didn't was too small to have an HR department. So we dealt with <laughs> it was a conflict, especially because what I was doing or what I was getting in the habit of in my faith walk now was to go out and pray for people on the street, right? And to just witness to people at the gas station, at Walmart, and just everywhere that I went. And, and I, I loved it, man, because it was like the kingdom and advancing the kingdom and loving God and loving people which is like the two greatest commandments, but I get to do it at the same time. And, um, and it's just so good. And so I was like, well, I got to do this at, at work because these people need to, if they don't know Jesus, they need to be saved and they need to have encounters with God. And so I tried it and uh, <laughs> I actually got in trouble. Okay. So I guess, uh, yeah, I'll share one story. So I started sharing about these healings that were happening with a couple of people. And, you know, I actually experienced most of the backlash from other Christians in, in the office. No kidding. As opposed, yeah. As opposed to the non-believers who were actually pretty receptive, receptive and respectful. Wow. Um, but I, I, yeah, later I found out that there, people were just complaining that I shouldn't be praying for people in the parking lot. 
and just coming against me in terms of, of the healing. And, but through that, I did take some risks. I did share and, and witness to some business partners. I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to get in trouble, but a few people, some people got saved. Some, some people got healed. There was this one story where uh, on my way walking out of the office, I was, I kind of felt like God was saying, Hey, somebody's ankle is in pain. You should probably, them. and I looked to the side and it was one of my friends who's actually a little more receptive to the gospel wife does. And she's on the phone with me. And I was like, Oh, awesome. Well, let's pray real quick. It's like, sure. So we prayed and his wife got healed right then and there. It was just so cool. Just one little moment, just an act of obedience and God moving in that moment. That was um, so cool, man. That is so cool. Yeah. So what has God taught you about evangelism and, and praying for people as you've started to step out in faith like that consistently at work? What have you learned like practically that would help people? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one is not to force it. Yeah. Like God's going to open up the doors, open up the opportunities. Don't be awkward. <laughs> Don't uh, <laughs> just just be real. Be you. Be organic. Be authentic. Just weave the gospel in, every, in places where you feel like you can. God's going to open up those moments. Uh, really treat it like moments. Don't try to force the moments. And I think that's what I was trying to do in the beginning is trying to set up. Like God needs help, my help to like actually plan and create an agenda to convert people. Like, no, just he's going to do it. He's going to, through relationship, through your, your work, through integrity, He's going to open up those opportunities. I think that was one of the main things that he showed me is like, hey, you're focused so much on these people's souls when what I've put you here in this office is to serve. And how are you doing in that respect? And the reality was that I had a lot of improvement that needed to happen in terms of how I serve people, in terms of how I viewed people, how I honored people how I respected and and just saw people. Right. And so God really worked a, just worked on my heart in terms of how do I, what does it mean to have servant leadership, to be a leader that actually comes alongside my team members, be helping them without being sort of like a micromanager. Right. But still being there for them and supporting them and encouraging them and not, focusing and worrying too much about their personal life as much as just how can I help you? How can I serve you in this moment? I think that's a really key point because I can remember a story back where we hired a guy who was a, a very outspoken Christian. And by all intents, if you look at the artifacts of his life, he was a Christian's Christian in the workplace. And he'd pull me to the side and he'd want to pray before we go into a boardroom meeting, or he would want to go pray for the knees of people as he saw them walking in the hallway. Long story short, we let him go. And it was not because it was not because of his boldness in his walk with the Lord. It's because ultimately his ability to serve on the team he was put on was highly lacking. And the guy will likely grow in, 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 as, his, as his career continues. And I think that you hit on a really good key point. And it's that oftentimes we put pressure on ourselves to minister, 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 when, when there's another aspect of things, which is actually, actually just being a servant and actually just being present to what I'm supposed to do, being present in people's lives, is just by Christ being in us, just by abiding, is going to have an effect. Now, there's definitely times to pray in the parking lot. There's definitely times to call people to action because God is calling all people unto himself. But if you kind of sidestep the reason you're in the role to begin with and move straight to that other thing, oftentimes you're, it won't be as, as effective. And the reason is just simply because you haven't walked with that person at all. So you're going you're gonna to basically try and get them to commit to the cell right? You're going to try and get them to go and, and buy off on something that they have no relationship with you for. And, and so you're trying to introduce them to the God of the universe. And they're thinking about spreadsheets due by Wednesday, like just love the person, right? <laughs> that's and, right. And, and something will come out of it as you're, as you're present. And that's what, I mean, look at the life of Jesus. He walked with people and walking with people in integrity and actually being present in the spirit will have an outcome on their lives. That is so real, Pearson. You really hit home when you said that the spreadsheet situation. That's so real because here's the deal. 
especially if if people know that you're a Christian and that you are a person that is trying to do the right things and and, and be holy or whatever, people are going to look at you under a, a, a microscope and just any little step, any little right. failure is going to be just it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. And so that's a part of your witness. Yeah. I mean, if you can't make that due date, if you can't, you said you were going to fill, provide a spreadsheet, but you couldn't even do that. You couldn't even send this email. Then why would I listen to you about your, your faith? Yeah. Um, so that's huge. And, and, and also just kind of, I think there's great opportunities within the workplace to really display the characteristics of God in your life, in your walk, and how vulnerable you are, right? If you make a mistake, fess up to it, say, hey, and just speak the truth in love, right? If somebody else makes a mistake, being there for that person, and, and just kind of taking the hit with them, carrying the cross with them, right? There are so many different ways that you can be Christ-like in the workplace without necessarily mentioning Jesus. But there are also really cool ways that you can kind of like share the gospel. And so one of the, especially nowadays with the Zoom, the Zoom era that we're in, I have a plugin on my browser called Top Scripture. And every now and then a verse will just pop up. And so if I'm sharing my screen, I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Psalm 23 is here. But yeah, I'm going to close this out real quick. Sorry about that, guys. I love it. That's great. So Daniel, I want to make sure we get time to talk about the company that you're in the middle of creating. Talk to us how that how that process unfolded because you're partnering, I believe, with your current boss or owner of the company, correct? That's right. To be honest, I, there was a conflict there as well. And during this past season, a couple of years back, I actually thought I was going to go into full-time ministry. And I was seriously having conversations about this even with the church and just kind of, okay, what would this look like, right? Just having a passion to do evangelism, to grow evangelism teams and equip and do outreaches. I really wanted to do that. And, um, and, uh, but God had different plans. And so there's this whole idea of like the different mountains, the seven mountains. And I feel like he's called me to both mountains. But in this process, there was this kind of struggle where this door opened up, this opportunity where I kind of had presented this idea to my boss a while back, and we were just slowly going through the process of making this a reality. And because I was so convinced, or I thought that I was just going to go all in into vocational ministry... I kind of stopped following up on this whole company idea, right? Even though my boss said, you know what? I want to make you, I will continue paying your salary while you build this business on the side with me. I will make you a partner, give you a part ownership, really good percentage in terms of ownership. And you don't have to put any financial investment. All you have to do is basically do what you do every day, which is unheard of. Like, those opportunities just don't come to people very often, right? And I was like, well, I'm still praying that God would show me about an open door and an opportunity. And so <laughs> the Lord's like, what do you, what more do you want? Like, this is your open door. And so I realized all along, like, this is what God has for me. And I also kind of felt like I was struggling a little bit in terms of idolatry, right? I really was loving doing the evangelism and the ministry so much that that was almost like becoming an idol for me, doing Jesus things. But Jesus is actually everywhere. He's in the workplace. He's in the business. And so it really was a process where I where I shed this idea of vocational ministry and that being like a glorified thing versus, you know what? Jesus is with me. I get to worship him in the workplace. I get to worship him as I'm doing evangelism. I get to worship him on Sunday mornings in my house with my kids. Like Jesus is everywhere and he's doing something. He's building something. So why would I not want to partner with him 
in building this business, especially in a secular environment that doesn't really, in in the grand scheme of things, know the God of the universe. Uh, I had the opportunity to really bring the kingdom values, the kingdom principles into this space. And God wants to use it to glorify his name and to advance his kingdom and to make disciples. I love it that ministry is more of where there's impact than the role that you have or the place that it happens. God just wants us to have impact. And it seems like, one, you have favor, but the more that you've stewarded what you've been given within the workplace and you've stewarded the opportunities that you've had to love others, he's now just giving you a place to where you can have impact in a way that you would never have gotten to most likely if you had been leading the the street evangelism team. Like maybe you could run into the some of the same people in Walmart parking lots, but now you're going to get to build that relationship with people. Like we were talking about, you'll build that relationship and get to have impact in their life. So I love the way that God is an outside the box thinker in the way that you're talking there. Yeah, that's actually really helpful, Joe, because one of the one of the things that I'm really excited about Truth Local and building this business is that there are so many small business owners that have really worked hard, you know, put all of their effort to build this business to provide for their family, right? To serve people. But they may not have the abilities to do their digital marketing, right? And and typically they'll just kind of try to find people to piece things together. Uh, what I want to create, I want to And what we're trying to do is just be able to serve people in the small business realm, which, to be honest, is is probably the most difficult place to service because you have people that are really steward that, you know, they steward their business really well. They care about their business so much, but they have very little knowledge in terms of digital marketing and digital advertising and the digital ecosystem altogether. And so training, part of servicing is also educating in any, in any service environment. And educating in this, in this sense takes time. And unfortunately, the fees that you get from a small business owner versus a large corporation are just are not equal, right? And so as we know in the business realm, time is money. <laughs> and so it's going to be interesting sort of navigating that space of servicing educating and and just trying to automate as much as possible using technology while still being able to provide sort of a, a, a good service experience for our customers. Can you tell me what has that journey been like for you hearing God's voice, whether it's creating the business plan, whether it's negotiating the the terms with your co-founder? What are some specific ways that you've seen God Father, you and, and partner with you. Yeah, it's been interesting. So I, there's a specific story that I can share with you, which is also an opportunity that I had to just kind of share the God of the universe with my boss, right? And um, so we had a, probably one of the most important meetings that we we're that we've had to date for this company, which could have could have led to an enormous amount of business. And we had already started drafting the numbers in terms of what this agreement would look like. And that the morning of the meeting that we had with this, with this prospect, the Lord woke me up and I clearly saw this, the words invalid margin. And I was like, oh, Lord, like, okay, <laughs> like something is wrong here. So I... I typically don't do this. I don't like to share sort of like the prophetic with my boss, but in, I felt like I needed to in this in this instance. So I called him up. I was like, "Hey, you said like we need to. This is what happened. Like I woke up and I felt like God said there's an invalid margin. I just feel like we need to know that. Be prepared for this meeting. So we get into the meeting, dial in, and start sharing these numbers with our prospect. And he completely goes off and says, nope, these numbers aren't going to work out. The the margin's not going to work for you guys. And my boss looks at me like he has no idea what's going on. (laughs) And 
And he was like, well, actually, what's pretty crazy is that Daniel, and I was like, please don't tell him that God spoke to him. You know, like, <laughs> please don't say that to this guy. He's like, yeah, Daniel had this, like, vision, or, or he had this thought, like, that there was an invalid march. So, yeah, we were on the same page with you. And so it was, uh, it was an amazing moment where the God of all creation kind of spoke to me, gave me the opportunity to, to kind of influence a decision that really impact a moment where two really sort of influential people in the space were influenced by this word of knowledge. And, uh, and I just, I'm excited for more opportunities where God can use us believers as vessels to really bring his voice, bring his word to the business world. I think that's super important, man. I love that story so much. I, I mean, that's, that's one for the books, I think. You think about like in the Bible, it talks about sometimes you don't need to prepare anything. In fact, I prefer that you don't because the Holy Spirit is going to give you what you need in that moment. I'm going to tell you what to speak on. And so often when we think about critical meetings, we think, all right, how many hours of prep can I put into this sucker to make it happen? And then you put all that prep into it and then there's misalignment and it's almost like the body of prep that you take forces you to want to make a business relationship happen or make an outcome happen because that's what you're there to do, right? We're, we're always outcomes focused. And just a little bit of relationship with the Holy One, with the God of all creation, with the one who wants to know you and work through you is going to cut to the chase so fast. And the beauty of it is that there's probably joy that moment wasn't there i mean you were probably yes. dancing two steps away from doing the two-step don't ask me how that happens when you're from new york don't try to figure it out but that's <laughs> but you yeah. it's probably a cool you're moment right everything. yeah absolutely and and so my family's from colombia from south america so it would have been a salsa dance <laughs> but um but yeah it was i mean and right now i'm experiencing that moment with with God, because it's just every time we bring these God moments to remembrance, it's it, there's joy. That's right. When, and that's, I think, what hooked me to evangelism was these, you know, experiencing these God moments, like leading this kid to the Lord last night at the gas station with a group of my friends and wow. just seeing him have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Like, that's amazing. But we can also have those encounters in the boardroom. Right. And uh, I have another story that really is related to building businesses with kingdom minded friends. And I'd love to share that with you guys. Please. Please, please do. So I'm sure he, he's, he'll be okay if I share his name. He's an amazing man of God. His name is Ronnie Skadina. And, uh, and so Ronnie, he uh, just has a heart for Jesus, the prophetic. I mean, this guy, his father was a pastor and evangelist, and they've, visited and met Reinhard Bonnke and gone around the world. And, and he tried to start a, a church here in Frisco, and that really didn't work out for him. The Lord spoke to him there from Hawaii and said, go to Frisco and, and build a church. He, he came here. He was a little disappointed that, that church startup didn't work out. The Lord led him to Orlando. And uh, we have the habit of kind of just jumping on the phone and just having fun and just sharing God's dreams and visions with each other and just basking in the Lord together. And, um, and I shared with him one time, I was just like, because his job, he works in the travel industry with the pandemic, he got furloughed. And so I just encouraged him. And when I was encouraging him, the Lord just took over and I just started prophesying over him. The Lord spoke to him through my mouth and just said, you're going to start an online business. And it's going to provide for your family. And uh, it's, you're going to make more money than you're currently making right now. So fast forward a month later, he, the Lord gives him this idea about a pogo ball. And you guys remember the pogo ball from the 80s, right? And so he starts doing research about starting an e-commerce business and taps into this the pogo ball and he starts selling these pogo balls he does like a, like a drop shipping business and and it's he's killing it he's doing like a 3 4 return on ad spend on facebook ads 
And, and it was so successful that Facebook was saying, like, hold on a second, like, you're suspicious, I'm limiting your activity. And so since I'm in the, in the digital advertising space, and, and our agency has sort of that credit with Facebook, he was like reaching out to me for help. And so we took him on as a client. And, and so it's just so amazing how God used this word to one, provide for his family, but also I had a dream during this whole process where he was eating a, a bowl of bread in this dream and the bowl had oil in it. And I literally just came over his shoulder without even asking, because sometimes when you have a friendship, you don't need to ask. You just go in and grab a piece of that bread, right? And so I literally, without asking, just grabbed a piece of the bread and I, and I, I feasted on it. And that was literally what happened within the business uh, relationship that we had. The Lord provided for him a business opportunity, a business where he used e-commerce to provide for his family, and then gave me the opportunity to take a piece of that and, and provide for our business. But here, okay, so that's not where it ends. I visit him in January. And I had this wild dream while he let me stay at his place. And I had this wild dream where his wife was in the jewelry business. She had this like jewelry business. Okay. And so the drop shipping business ended up not working out because of the delays with the pandemic in terms of trade with China. And, um, and so I had this dream about his wife in this jewelry business and I shared it with her and she's like, yeah, that sounds nice, but I don't know about it. And I was like, all right. So about a month ago, his wife, Kiana, she, she goes up to Ronnie and says, hey, I have this idea. And it's called the mask savior. And what is it? It's literally just a necklace. There are these beads that clip onto your mask, right? And so you have all these kids that are having to wear masks in schools, right? But they're going to lose their masks, right? And it's already happened with my kid. So she literally made the, that problem into a piece of jewelry. And so now they started the mask savior and they're running Facebook ads. They've hired people. They're, now they're actually creating jobs. They created a job for a woman who, who can't hear, who's deaf. And, and so it's just an amazing story of how God spoke once again into this and he wasn't done with the pogo ball right that failed but he didn't say i'm going to create uh, i'm going to give you a pogo ball business he said i'm going to create an online business for you that's going to provide for your family and so now they're actually manufacturing them here so they're creating jobs here in the united states in florida they're employing people that might have trouble finding jobs elsewhere right and they're creating and they're solving a problem for these kids. That's awesome. I, I love when God shows up and solves a problem. Multiple people usually end up getting blessed, right? Like innocent bystanders get blessed along the way. And also to see there, I think it's a great example of not trying to build on to what God said. As you shared, God said, I'm going to build an online business. And he gave him an initial platform to ramp up and to build out an infrastructure and to start learning ads and things, and then took it to the next level with that, that next business. That's, that's great. There are so many good things, takeaways from that, that story. All right, we're going to jump into the final five now. The final five are our final five questions in our final five minutes. Are you ready, Daniel? Kind of. I don't know what the questions are, but I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> You're going to do awesome. So question number one is, what are the top three must-read books, not including the Bible? They can be business, family, spiritual, cookbook. Wow. Okay. That is awesome. So I must confess that I, I wish I was a better reader. I haven't really spent too much time reading. And that's mainly because of my family life. I have three kids <laughs> and uh, I blame it on them. No, but it's not just that. It's just everything that I have going on. So I, I do a lot of audiobooks and um, audiobooks totally count. Perfect. Awesome. Books that have impacted my life. So gosh, man, that's a that's a tough question. Honestly, like the Bible is really my favorite book. But aside from that, 
I'll, I'll tell you some authors because I can't really think about the books that off the top of my head, but the books that I read are specific to my faith. And so uh, Smith Wigglesworth uh, is an amazing guy, right? Daniel Kalinda has been made a huge impact in my spiritual journey. And um, in terms of business, I'm trying to throw one in there, but well, I guess, um, gosh, what's the guy's name? So 17 Laws of, of Leadership, which has just been a, a good book for me. Okay, awesome. 17 Laws of Leadership. We'll look that up. And uh, is it the 17 Indisputable Laws? That's right. John? That's it. Yep. John Maxwell. John Maxwell. Correct. <laughs> Sweet. Well, question starting off on your entrepreneurial journey. What are the three pieces of advice you're putting on the card? Okay. Number one, surrender your life. Number two, seek first the kingdom of God and all else shall follow. Number three, wake up early and seek first the kingdom of God and all else shall follow. Awesome. Those are a good three. (laughs) And question number three, how do you define success for yourself? For me, success is the frequency of the presence of God throughout my day-to-day life. The manifest presence of God abiding in the manifest presence of God throughout my day-to-day life. So if I can bask in the glory of God 24 hours a day, that is success for me. Amen. (laughs) Question number four, when times have gotten tough, What's kept you from quitting? Oh boy, really? It's the the calling of God on my life, and I love. I, I'm going to pick up that book, Pierce Calling, because when times are tough <laughs> in life, the real, the only thing that keeps me focused and grounded is what God has called me to, and I just lean on the Word of God, on His prophetic promises over my life. And that's what keeps me grounded. Man, that's awesome. And just so you know, uh, Calling is available on Audible as a uh, audiobook. So, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Little plug there for Pierce. For sure. All right. Question yes. number five What questions should we have asked that we didn't? Oh, man. Well, I think for me, a big part of this, this ministry is how do we pass this on? How do we equip people? Which I think you guys are doing an amazing job. And I think you guys are a key aspect to this. We need more media, more, you know, I'm, I'm in media. And so unfortunately, the grand majority of what we're feeding our generation, our kids, is just all garbage. And it's not exciting. And um, I mean, it's, it feels exciting, but it's not really exciting. Like, when we realize what is the true thing that is exciting, which is God, you know, like he's exciting. He's amazing. He's adventurous. He's, he's worthy. He's good. And so discipleship is just a huge part of this thing. And I'll share with you guys a dream that I had. So I guess, well, before I do that, the question is, what has God taught you in terms of discipling the next generation of Christian leaders? And um, I don't think I need to be like 60 years old to start doing that. I think I can start doing that now. And um, I just think it's about loving, loving people and walking with them and just sharing your life with them, sharing everything that God has taught you and as much as they allow you to. Right. And so as you're in the business world, you're very much going to have an opportunity to work with people that don't know God. Some people might completely hate God. And some people might be like lukewarm Christians or have grown up in the church, but maybe are not necessarily activating their faith right now. And some people might be on fire for God. And so I think it's just understanding each person where they are in their faith journey, and then sharing with them just and, and helping them grow and giving them opportunities to experience a kingdom, my, a kingdom style uh, business experience. 
So that's kind of like where I think we just really need, because here's the thing, God wants to build his kingdom. He wants to build his businesses, but they're just going to be empty buildings unless you have kingdom-minded business people, business entrepreneurs, and co-laborers to fill those, those buildings. That's awesome. That's a great one. Well, I'm glad we got to get that question in there. That's really good. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for giving us the time and uh, spending it with us here. For those people out there who might want to learn more about what you're doing or connect with you, what, what are some avenues that they can find you? Yeah, so you can find me. At, right now, our socials aren't really very active with Truth Local just yet. And um, personally, I have more more control over the, the church side of things. So there is an Instagram handle that you can connect with me directly for the evangelism ministry. It's called, it's Go Cow Van. And that's another podcast that we can talk about how that started. <laughs> it's kind of a funny name, and but it, God's behind it. So the, the evangelism ministry is called Cow Van. And the cow stands for create on wheels, create church on wheels. And the van is literally just my minivan. We jump in our <laughs> minivan and uh, experience the presence of God in that little van and then go out and, and share God's love with people. So it's go cow, like moo cow, and then van, like a minivan. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you again, Daniel. We, it's been an honor to have you here. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to reading The Calling. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this show, please leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend. It would help us out tremendously. Also, if you'd like to stay in touch and get a free copy of the first chapter of Pierce's new book, Calling, How to Partner with God in Any Business with Any Boss at Any Place in Life, then click on the link in the show notes to sign up for our weekly email. Or visit piercebrantley.co slash podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.